Before I introduce this week's guest, I recommend you hit pause, head over to creatorclub.link, it's also in the show notes, and go to 3-Hour List Builder at the top of the page. For just $47, you can join us for a three-day list building micro course. It's happening August 23rd to 25th. We believe if you do these three 60-minute sessions, you'll feel more confident about growing your email list to help your business grow without all the hype and stress that social media can bring. Plus, by the end of it, you'll have an opt-in set up, ready to go, which will give you a consistent, calm approach to marketing and attracting more of your favorite clients. Go to creatorclub.link and hit 3-Hour List Builder to join us. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Rachel Mueller is a master implementer whose work is helping you to banish the overwhelm and the mess in the back end of your business, streamline your systems and fully step into your role as a CEO. She helps entrepreneurs and small business owners to integrate systems like Dubsado and HoneyBook so that you can automate parts of your business. She performs audits on people's back end so that they can banish some of the overwhelm and reduce all of the time that they spend in the back end of their business by automating things, cleaning up inboxes, all of those things that we do not want to touch, but she is the person to help you clean that up. And she also loves to help you strategically plan. So she provides project management services for things like new launches, new product rollouts, and to really help you make sure that that's streamlined and fully set up. When she's not helping visionary entrepreneurs banish the overwhelm, you can find her in the kitchen, ripping up new recipes or traveling. She loves to travel. And even in her first business with her husband, they traveled a ton. In this conversation, Rachel and I dive into the unusual path. Yes, I just spoke about her first business, which almost led her to what she's doing by accident. And that's a really cool story. I think it's a really unusual way to get to how she started this current business, but it all fits together really nicely. She also shares with us where she starts with an overwhelmed business owner. So if that's you right now, who can't seem to get on top of all of your admin, she gives you some really simple places to start. She also talks about these automation systems, Dubsado, HoneyBook, Dubsado is a really popular one for coaches here in Australia now. When you can actually start to automate your processes, like when is a good time to do that and what that looks like, she provides some tools to help you do that. And then we talk about specific ways that these CRMs, which I found out is a client relationship management software, can help creatives and coaches so that they can spend more time doing what they love in their business, which is providing their service and creating and all of those good things. And be rest assured that there's some things ticking away in the background that requires very little input from you. So I think this is a pretty exciting episode and one of those episodes that for some people you might think, I'm not sure if I'm ready for these things. I don't know if I need it, but Rachel is super practical and she's found out how to do a lot of these things from her previous business 
where they require so many systems. So she's really been in the thick of it and implementing all of these things before becoming a master and able to teach other people how to do it. So let's get on with it. Episode 92 of the True to You podcast. How are you, Rachel? Hey, Ruby. Happy, I guess it's Friday for you. Happy Thursday for me. And things are good. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you. Rachel is someone who I feel like always has her finger on the pulse and would be one of those people that you can always rely on to have the answer or to problem solve or troubleshoot anything in your business. She's a systems expert and I wanted to get her on today because I think as creatives or coaches, this is often the reluctant work for us when it comes to executing on our ideas. We just want to go full steam ahead and, you know, sometimes a little structure and some systems and processes to actually make the end result more easy for us is a really, really good thing. And I know I've worked with a few clients on this in the past year. Sometimes it might be the financial side of their business, but oftentimes it's a client onboarding or to do with their customers and how they engage with them and how they don't get bogged down in all of that paperwork. There's so many really cool tools and systems out there that you can use that Rachel is an expert and a pro at. So (laughs) Rachel, thank you for joining us today. Now, I want to dive straight into the first question I love asking everyone, which is how did you get to be doing what you're doing today? And were you always a systems nerd? (laughs) I love that. I love that. Uh, Well, for starters, thank you so much for the kind words. I appreciate you greatly. And the answer as far as being a systems nerd is no. I've always enjoyed organization and I always joke that like organization is my porn. Like I can't get enough of it, but it it was something that I really struggled with in my first business. If we flash back almost six years when my partner and I founded our first business, I felt like I was always so busy, but I was just stuck. And I felt like I wasn't really moving the needle on things. I was, you know, it was like, I was constantly working in the business on the day-to-day admin stuff And I wasn't really moving forward and progressing. And so it was after about my like 300th breakdown that we really started to analyze what needed to change and started to hire a team and delegate. And we implemented systems and online platforms to support our growth. Five years of this, I help other incredible entrepreneurs feel this exact same way that I did when I learned to pivot. And I learned to lean into this support, whether that was from delegating or that was from these systems, these online platforms that we were using. And here we are. Amazing. So did you, um, shut down that business or do you still, does your partner still run that business? Where, where does that fit in the equation? Yeah, we kind of took a step back last year, actually pre-COVID, but it it kind of all fit together. But at the beginning of last year, the beginning of 2020, we really realized that while it was an amazing journey and we loved it, and it really introduced us to the world and the lifestyle of being an entrepreneur and entrepreneurship in general, that it really wasn't for us long-term. And so it was around that time that I had already started to think about, well, maybe this is something that I want to be doing. And I had started to brainstorm launching my business. And so it kind of just all naturally happened to where I am now. And so while this is my full-time business, I do still manage that other business part-time as needed. Um, it's a real estate investment company, but it's still very, very minimal hands-on as far as what, what I have to do on a daily or even weekly basis. Crazy. Okay. We could go on a whole tangent down that. Oh, we could. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how did you end up doing that? But I think uh, that might be for another podcast and another day. And when you go to write your memoir, maybe we can get you back. There you go. There you (laughs) go. All of the business adventures that Rachel has had. That's super exciting. And I love that you've now through that process of owning that business and actually coming up against some obstacles and having some breakdowns that you found your next calling. Like, I think that's, I mean, when you look at people's lives and that's how they often come to the businesses that they're working in today, 
is often through that breakdown process, right? But it's really cool that you were able to turn something that felt like a real obstacle into now what you're doing and you're really thriving in that. Talk to me a little bit about the early days of starting your business. Was it a seamless transition into letting go of the previous one and then doing what you're doing now? Did you work with the same clients or was it, was it starting from scratch a little? Oh yeah. It was starting from scratch completely. Right. I, I felt good in that I knew how to do certain business things, but yeah, I mean, it was basically starting over. I had an idea. There were no clients. There was no, there were no funnels. There was, there were no offers. Like it was just an idea essentially. And it's really crazy to think back to that was over a year ago. And here we are now where it's like, wow, I really do have this full fledged business. And you think back to that starting just like little seed of what it was, but yeah, it was a lot of grinding and trial and error and support and coaching and all the things to get something really going. And I'd say the biggest thing though, was just like done is better than perfect. Like really just having something and running with it and trying it and then pivoting and trying something else and just really being very flexible in that way. Yeah. That agility is really a skill of an entrepreneur. And we've found that in the last year that you need to constantly be agile and hopefully it's something that you don't have to learn as a result of something major happening in your business, but you are constantly looking to, to pivot and innovate and not out of a bad circumstance or anything like that, but just through, through doing that, you're able to grow your business and find that sweet spot where the clients are starting to come in more regularly. I'm wondering if I can ask you one more question on the early days of business and how you got your first clients, because I know we have, we have fully fledged business owners in here that are rolling. There are a few years in, but sometimes there's a few women in this community that are just starting out and they're providing a service like you are. And they're thinking, where am I going to get more leads? Where am I going to get more clients? So how did you go about doing that in the, in the early days? Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of the beauty of the online space is that it really isn't a networking and a community building platform. You really have the opportunity to make connections with people. And that's what I did. I hit it very, very hard. And I tried to network as much as I possibly could, not from a, I need to make sales standpoint, but from a, wow, this gal's really cool. I want to be your friend. Let's chat more. And like becoming actually friends with some women online who to this day, I still haven't met in person and they've become some of my best friends. And so it's so interesting how that can happen. And I mean, I'm sure you being across the country, you've experienced that too, with making friends, you know, here in America. And it's, it's just so crazy how that happens, but I would say that really helped turn these ideas and things into almost just like referral base, like people, I was having these conversations and I would work with someone and they're like, this is great. You should also work with this person and they would connect us and what have you. And it just kind of started to snowball from there. So I never would say went into it thinking like I need to make sales, but I went into it from a place of making connections and then also just providing a lot of value and support and just wanting to, to just be there basically. Yeah. And doing that from that really selfless place can be tricky in the early days, right? Because we're thinking, and I'm not sure of the context of your financial situation starting the business, but irrespective, we typically go, okay, I need to get clients and we can feel really hungry. And sometimes that means we have a bit of a scarcity mindset, but when you're providing value, you're coming from that place of abundance and doing that in a way that there's no necessary expectation in in return. You might say, hey, if you know someone that might not like this, let me know. I'd be happy to have a chat to them, but leaving it as that and really creating that value, that can be a really hard line to toe in the early days. It's, it's, it's quite tricky, but once you get that rhythm and you're doing more of that, and I imagine as well, like I think part of it comes from 
wanting to just be surrounded by cool people. Yeah. <laughs> having great people in your team, whether it be mentors, women in your mastermind, things like that. But sometimes that's the fuel that you actually need. A hundred percent. Well, and I also find too, going back to that, what you said about the scarcity mindset that when we sit in that seat and like, I've experienced this, I've been in sales, like my entire life, wow. you and I have talked about this where I, you know, you and I have like a retail background and we yeah. sold things, but it's so different when it comes to selling yourself. But I have found no matter what it is that when you come from a place of, I really need to make sales, it doesn't happen. Versus when you, when you kind of relinquish that and you come from a place of I'm going to be helpful, it just starts to fall into place a little bit easier because people recognize that you just want to help them, right? You're not there to just sell them something. You're not there to just take their money. Like you're happy to tell them this is not for you and they want it more or whatever that journey (laughs) might look like. But you're, when you're that honest about it and transparent about it. I feel like it just is so much easier and more organic in that way, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I know we have some amazing women in common. They've also been on this podcast as well. I have this beautiful network of people across the US and Australia, and um, many of them have been so amazing at jumping on the show and and sharing their wisdom. So it was really great. Thank you, Rachel, for (laughs) embellishing the early days and sharing a little bit of what's really helped you to get where you are today. And I think what you've done in a year, can I just say that that is a huge accomplishment, you know, building, building this business to where it is now in this short space of time, that really is quite incredible. So yeah, I just want to mention that and say that well done. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And let me, I mean, I will take it and I appreciate it, but I also, for anyone that's listening, that's like, oh gosh, like I'm a year in my business and I don't feel the same way. Like, don't get it twisted. Like there are days where it's hard work and you are putting in crazy hours and doing ridiculous things, but it's also on the flip side of things, very rewarding when you do see the progress and how things have come. So it's, it's a beautiful journey, entrepreneurship. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into some things that really sit in your zone of genius that (laughs) it sounds like you probably didn't realize this was your zone of genius years ago, but then through, uh, experiences, you've really, you've really found it. And I think if you get to connect with Rachel via social media or other spaces that she hangs out and I think there's a really certain feeling when you connect with her that she knows what she's talking about and she is very generous we've had many back and forth asking questions about various programs and I always felt a lot of confidence with her so I would love to know when a client comes to you and a lot of the time whether you're an accountant a bookkeeper doing the line of work that you're doing with project management and systems, people are often at, in a desperate state, <laughs> shall we say. They don't always uh, preempt that they will need someone like you in their lives. So if someone's feeling quite overwhelmed with all of the, and I say in air quotes, admin that they have to do in their business, what's one of the first few things that you help them to relieve some of that overwhelm and that pressure? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question because we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> we've all experienced that. And so my number one suggestion is auditing your time and actually assessing what needs to be done first. What really needs that TLC right away? And if it's managing clients, like sending contracts, emails, payments, et cetera, jumping into a CRM, a client relationship management platform, like HoneyBook or, or Dubsado, those are going to be a huge lifesaver to be able to streamline, to start to automate those things and to really create this like amazing client experience. On the flip side of things, if the admin for you is the daily to-dos, keeping track of everything, waking up in the middle of the night saying, oh crap, I totally forgot to do that. A project management platform like Trello or ClickUp or Asana could be an amazing place to start. So I think it is from an individual basis and just kind of assessing really what are you spending the time on and what is really causing the overwhelm and then going from there. 
Oh, I love that distinction between that task project management side and then the client management side. They're, they're interrelated, but they're also quite different programs that we may end up using for them. And something you mentioned in that is a CRM. And a lot of people might have heard that term. They might want to run the other way when they hear that because <laughs> it sounds like a big, complex system and more software and yeah, all of those things. So for a small business as well, you know, CRMs were quite complex systems from what I understand. They were probably originally intended for bigger businesses that are on scale that have thousands of employees and all of those bigger metrics. But what we are seeing now is that there are some amazing companies, especially Dubsado. They're a small startup based in California, and they really are targeting a certain portion of the market, which is so fabulous because I think as well as startups, you can help them to grow and change their platform as needed. So I invite you as well, even though the company might be quite small, if you're looking at programs and things, realize that you can also have quite a lot of input and they'll listen to your feedback. So that was just a, that was just something, a side note there. We're using currently a community platform called Circle. I don't know if you've heard of them, Rachel. I've heard of Circle. I have a client who's jumping into using it too. It's like an all-encompassing group program platform. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fairly simple. It's still, uh, got a a long way to go in terms of the features. It's not as complex as something like Slack, but in some ways we are really loving that because it also takes away a lot of the distraction that perhaps a Facebook group or Slack might have. (laughs) When something's basic, you, you tend to not go, Oh, I'll go and look at this or I'll be. I mean, it's like putting your focus on airplane mode, basically. It's like, you're only, you're only doing what's in front of you at that time. Yeah. Yes. To a certain at a certain extent there's some things that I would love that they have like there's no predictive text in the messaging or no auto correcting so you have to spell everything correctly when you when you do a dm to someone which is it's sometimes a little bit frustrating but that's new um, that's different it's been so long since we've had to do that yeah (laughs) it's a little bit analog but I actually quite like it because it keeps my my brain in check So if people are thinking of using some of these CRM platforms, if they've heard this term or they're following people that are talking about these types of systems, but they're a little bit afraid of implementing new technology into their business, they're pretty small and they think, I don't know if I even need this. What would you say to someone like that if they're on the fence, but you know deep down, Rachel, that this would really, really help them? Yes. I mean, I totally get that. It can be a very daunting process if you don't know what you're doing. And it feels like you said earlier, out of your zone of genius. My number one suggestion always for anything is to start small baby steps. So like, just start with moving all your ideas and to do's into something like Trello and then actually use it. Once that new habit feels comfortable, look at the next thing you need to do in your business. But Definitely don't succumb to what I call like the entrepreneurial all or nothing mindset where it's like, I need to get all of this done and set up today, or I can't do anything. It's just a recipe to feel overwhelmed and to not make any progress. So if you just take those baby steps, you'll be able to just move that needle a little bit. And honestly, if you're really feeling overwhelmed, ask for help it's totally okay to admit that something is not in your wheelhouse and ask for help from someone who is an expert. Cause that's what they're there for. They're, they're there to, to serve you basically and, and help set those things up for you. Yes. Yes. And time is money, right? You you're spending time mentally being frustrated and overthinking some of these complexities in your business and then you're also spending time trying to work it out but someone like Rachel will come in and actually set up a lot of this for you and get it running so that you can also continue to run it yourself you don't need to have her there always so look for people like that as well where they'll actually help you with the setup they'll really guide you through the process 
and then you can use it yourself and you're not having to have a whole extra team member just to run the software. So that's the whole idea is that these are all automation softwares as well. So a lot of these things, you set it up once and then it takes care of itself. I'm saying that <laughs> in air quotes. In quotes, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely probably more to it than that. But very simply, that's what you you're that's what you can get by bringing some of these systems into your business. So let's get a little more specific in terms of the women listening to this show. We have graphic designers, we have coaches, we have interior designers, architects, a lot of creatives out there listening to this. How would someone in those industries benefit from using these CRM systems? I mean, you talked a little bit about Trello before and how you can use that to systemize your ideas. If we're looking at client management software, yeah, how would they use it? What what yeah. would benefit? Yeah, I mean, I said Trello earlier, but I mean, the same applies for CRMs like a Dubsado or what yeah. have you. And honestly, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said, saving time, honestly, time, it truly is the most important thing. And we sometimes forget to give it as much value as we should, but the amount of time that we spend doing admin scene, admin things behind the scenes of our business, we don't realize how quickly those things can add up. Like if, if you think about it, let's say that you're doing a task, for example, let's say you have a new client and you manually would like send them the contract and then set up the invoice on PayPal or Stripe. And then you copy the email and you send that. And then when they get it, then you have to log in and send it. Like there's just a lot of different steps, right? And let's say that it takes you 30 minutes to do that. 30 minutes a day. Let me see if I get this math right. 30 minutes a day, five days a week is two and a half hours a week. And there's 52 weeks in a year, which comes out to 130 hours a year, which is almost five and a half days. That's five and a half days of the year that you are spending <laughs> yeah. doing these admin tasks. So when you think about that and how you could spend those 130 hours, what you could be doing in that time, holy moly, that's powerful. Versus if you spend the time up front to set things up. You have automations in place. What once took you those 30 minutes and countless checks and reminders and notifications and not, don't forget this. Don't forget this. You can now turn that into a maybe five minute hands-on streamlined process and you never have to touch it again. That is sexy. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and the thing with all of these people that I'm speaking about, they, they don't get into business to do these tasks. They don't get into business to do the admin and things like that. They get into business to continue creating and impacting people's lives. So these things allow you to do more of that, you know, or you could take that hundred day, a hundred hours and, and have a few days off <laughs> and take an extra holiday. Like, exactly. Cool. Exactly. That's so true. Like we just, we forget how quickly those things can add up and it's true. You don't, you don't go into business to send paperwork. That's not, that's not the idea, but it's just one of those things that has to happen. And so the question is always, how can you just make this more efficient? How can you streamline this? How can you work smarter, not harder when it comes to the back end side of things? Mm. Okay, so the next step after we've decided that we might need software like Dubsado or Honeybook, I know Dubsado is probably more applicable to the Australian market, although I think some people might use Honeybook over here. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But say we're wanting to use something like Dubsado and bring that into our business to manage our clients better. One thing we're going to have to do is understand how they flow through our business. Uh, you call, could call that customer journey. And that might not feel like a lot because maybe you have a quick conversation with them and then next minute they're engaged as a client. So it can seem like a really simple 
process, but you probably actually find there's a lot of touch points between when you first connect with them to engaging them. And then I guess offboarding them as a client as well is a really important process, not to just say, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your work. Yep. <laughs> Here's what you wanted. See you later. But actually making that really smooth. So they want to come back and work with you. So how do you help your clients break down the customer or the client journey? What's some things that we need to think about if we're going to do that so that we can see what we might need in terms of the software and different touch points in that software? Yeah. I mean, this is such an important step and I highly recommend anyone looking to build their, their workflows, their client journey in their CRM, start by looking at the entire client journey from A to Z. So extracting all the touch points within that and then building it out from there. So for example, a new lead fills out the form on your website. What happens next? Then you send them a proposal to sign what happens after they sign it. So really pulling all those touch points together, you can then build out the entire journey, each step. And then that can start to become templated or automated to save you so much time and also create an incredible, like you said, client experience from start to finish. So it doesn't feel like the ball is being dropped and they're getting lost and they don't know what's happening next. And I mean, we've all had that experience where we maybe have made an investment or bought something and we start to get buyer's remorse. And so if you put yourself in those shoes and imagine that you then don't hear from the person that you just paid thousands of dollars to, that's not very reassuring versus if they have this amazing experience from beginning to end, it just instills that confidence and this amazing high-end just like white glove experience with your clients. And so I like to do this by building out a visual flow chart, but it can honestly be as simple as just like a step-by-step document, pen to paper, this, then this. And when this happens, this happens just like back and forth, back and forth, going through that entire journey all the way from beginning to end. Yes. Get your post-its out. Have a little fun. Oh yeah. Post-it party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love a little post-its in our house. I'm surprised there's none on the walls behind me here, Rachel. There's, I can see plenty in other places, but yeah, things like that. Like actually what's great about this too, I imagine is that you can see where the gaps are. So where could we make this process better for the client? Where could we add little fun things in? We love putting gifts in. our. Oh yeah. It's the best. Gifts Gifts are the best. (laughs) In our emails to add a bit of humor and you can add your personality to the whole process. It doesn't have to be this dry, boring thing that's just sending invoices. You Mm -hmm. can actually make someone's day. And I think one thing I think about is we could take a lot in service-based businesses from product-based businesses in that respect. Like how, how cool are a lot of product subscriptions and things like that. I'm thinking about one that we've gotten recently for coffee Mm -hmm. and they send you a different coffee subscription every month from a different roaster down in Melbourne. And the box is fun. They add all these little cards in Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. all of these fun things that whilst those are physical elements, you could also think about those in terms of communication as well. So really bringing your, your brand and your personality into it. That's what kind of excites me about this too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it is such a great way for you to be able to just connect with your client on a deeper level and for them to get to know you more and vice versa and to be able to just really build that relationship, like you said. So it's not just a one and done, but it is continuing that relationship and that turns into them referring you to other people or you end up meeting in person one day or whatever, like you, you really are cultivating those relationships for the long term. Yeah. And it's so important, don't you think, in in the online space, if most of your work is done online, which a lot of people who might be in, in the wellness space, in the coaching space, or even I know a few women that are in uh, project management and accounting. And because a lot of that software is cloud-based now, they can do a lot of the connection with their clients via Zoom and then mm-hmm. they do all the work behind the scenes. So I think as as our world gets more digital as well, it's it's humanizing these processes and 
not having your clients think, am I one of a thousand here (laughs) that this person is interacting with, but maybe can you bring a little bit of you to the process? And certainly I do love that because then I don't feel like I'm being chucked in a pile with a whole Mm -hmm. lot of other clients or a Mm -hmm. whole lot of other people, but actually I, I make, um, what we say, I, am special to them, even yeah. if it's actually just an automated email, but it's, it still makes you feel something. Yeah. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is there any tips that you might have around doing that? Things that you've seen clients do really, really well to humanize these automated processes? Oh, that's a really fun question. Um, I mean, I echo gifts, like gifts are everything for me. Like I will spend, if it's for me or if it's for a client's email, I will spend way too much time trying to find the perfect gift to drop into an email because it really can one, it's so satisfying when you do, but two, it really can make such a difference as far as from a personality standpoint that this person now be, can really understand who they're connecting with, who they're talking to. And I would also say really, I think that something that might get overlooked is little just gestures, tokens, thank yous, what have you. I am for the longest time have always written handwritten thank you notes to clients. I love putting gift boxes together, even if it's just something very, very small where, you know, a client mentions that they really love matcha. And so you find a local matcha place that's 10 minutes from their home address and you get them something from there or what have you like really going like that extra step and finding something and curating that for them can be just a very satisfying and fun feeling to do. But maybe I'm a little biased because I've always enjoyed shopping and like buying gifts for people. So it's like, I kind of just like carry that over into my businesses, but I do really enjoy that. Yeah. That's, that's a really, really, um, important one as well. And I think it, it's also right now a really cool way to, if you pretty much support small business, I know you do and and we do as well. We work with small businesses. It's really great way to extend that value that you have in terms of, you know, I value small businesses by showcasing some of the small businesses from your area or something that you really love that's a little bit, I was talking about the coffee subscription. There's always really quirky chocolate companies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, it's a cool way to say, Hey, this, this is in line with what I believe as well and in line with my values. So there are a couple of extra things that you can do, of course, but they can mean the world of difference in terms of your clients. And it's not just those corporate gift boxes or, you know, how like (laughs) with the cellophane on them and very standard. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, none of that. That was, we could leave that in the eighties and the nineties. No, you know, we're talking about curating things that are in line with your business and align with your values and, Clients and customers are really savvy these days as well. They pick up on those things. And that's what sometimes the the biggest thing that they love about you as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I think that it's, I think it's just a beautiful opportunity to, like I said, just to kind of deepen those relationships and to really showcase those things. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I wanted to ask you, I've got one last question before before we finish up the interview. But one thing that I would say is that when we look at someone who loves systems like yourself or has learned to love systems rather <laughs> and has them them dialed, uh, often we go, oh, they must find business really easy and the whole process really simple because they have all these client workflows and it's pressing a couple of buttons and done. Obviously there's actually the work that you do with clients, but from the outside, I look at a lot of those people and I think, wow, like their life, they must have all this spare time and they must never go to bed thinking about their to-do list. And (laughs) I wish I could be more like her, but (laughs) what would you say in terms of running a business has been 
one of the hardest things with this, maybe you can speak to previous businesses, but with this current business in particular, despite the fact that, that you have a lot of these systems dialed and you're really good at that and really good at helping clients with those. Yeah. What, what's the flip side of that? Yeah. Well, oh man, I don't think anyone in entrepreneurship has it easy. (laughs) It is a lonely, hard journey. Sometimes, you know, today is great tomorrow, maybe a shit show, but that's kind of all a part of the process. Isn't it that you're, I, I don't know. I feel like if it was easy, everyone would do it. And I think it shows true resilience to be an entrepreneur and to choose to go against that mold of doing something for someone else, because that's the way it's kind of always been done. But I think for me, the hardest thing has, oh gosh, I love this question. I think the hardest thing has been the journey through time off and assessing my own productivity. I feel like as entrepreneurs, we, you know, we might quit the corporate world where we were working like 60 hour weeks. And now we end up working probably more like a hundred hour weeks because we're always working and we're always doing things in our business. And I am such a quote doer. And I have been as far back as I can remember, which can be awesome. Like I can really get things done, but I'm also really hard on myself when it comes to time off. So for so long, my mindset was that my worth was measured by my productivity. So if I wasn't doing something that was quote unquote productive, I was being lazy. Now through all of the the therapy and the mindset and the coaching and everything that I've done, I know truly that rest and time off is just as productive, if not more than time on in business, but it took a lot of lessons and time to get here. And I still struggle some days to give myself time and space when my body needs it. I'm getting better about listening to my inner voice, but yeah, I would say that is definitely the hardest thing for me when it comes to being an entrepreneur and running my own business. Oh, I'm, I'm so with you there. And I know that probably 99% of the people listening to this are nodding their heads. And it's ironic because we get into business. We want more freedom. We want more adventure. We can see the possibilities of where it could go. And yes, in the first few years until you've got that consistent income, it can be really scary to take time out and take time away because you think you might be losing out. I'd love to know, has that actually made your business better? Have you been more productive (laughs) than you could be? 100%. Yeah. I mean, I always think back to the perfect example is just thinking on like a smaller scale, like on a daily basis, you know, I hit this slump in the afternoons every day. It doesn't matter. Monday through Sunday, it's going to happen where I'm just tired and I hit this wall. I'm a morning person. I'm up early. I start work. And by the afternoon, I need a break. And historically I would just like power through like years ago, Rachel another would just yeah. <laughs> another coffee, keep yeah. going. I got to get, I got to get this stuff done. I'll just, I'll just keep going. And then, and then I'll be done in a couple hours and then, and then I can rest. But it's like the stuff that I was going to do that afternoon or that I did do that afternoon, it took me three times as long Mm. to do because I was tired because my mind wasn't in, because I really did need a break. We're not meant to grind. I think scientifically it's been shown that we only have like five to six true, like focusable hours in our brains during the day. We're not meant to just be in front of a computer from nine to five every single day. And so I learned now that when I take those breaks and I take that step back, the thing that would have taken me three hours yesterday, if I do it first thing in the morning, the next day after I've slept well, and I gave myself that space, I can knock it out in 30 minutes. And it's amazing to see that and to be able to see how we can focus in that way. When I, when we really do gives our, give ourselves that space to rest and to recover and to come at things with fresh eyes, fresh mind, all the things. Yeah, it's so true. And I would say, off the back of that as well. And I had a great conversation with a friend who's actually based in California. And we were talking a lot about energy and the energy required, especially in the last year to be able to keep moving and to build things and to create things. You you need to create a lot more energy to kind of bust through a lot of what's going on around you mentally. 
And she said almost exactly the same thing as what you were saying. And it's been her hardest lesson as well. So sometimes we do have to go through those periods of resisting, resisting the rest. And sometimes hopefully not for everyone, but that can look like a bit of a period of burnout, but yeah, it's, it's a constant test, isn't it? And it's a constant always coming back to <laughs> your why and, and remembering, okay, you know, not fearing the burnout, but just remembering that you can go slow and steady. And if it takes you a little bit longer, that's, that's okay. Um, but you'll at least be healthier and <laughs> mentally more stable by the yeah. time you reach your goal. A hundred percent. I mean, you think about I think it's so hard in the online space, especially because you're always seeing somebody's highest and their best. Mm. And it can be very difficult to not compare yourself to that. Or if you're having a lower day to see that and go, well, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more because I'm not there. And I think that can be that kind of slippery slope where you start to then fall into that comparisonitis and and all the things, but it can just be very difficult. And so, yeah, knowing, knowing yourself, knowing your own boundaries, going back to your why, what you're really focusing on and having just those baby steps and also acknowledging that nothing's ever done. Like you don't finish your to-do list and then that's it. We're done now. (laughs) Business one, like there's always going to be something. And so I think it's so important to recognize that, that you're never just totally done with everything. There's always going to be more that pops up that comes up. And it's just a matter of really finding your pace and going at your own pace that feels good so that you can really, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Like you really can keep going and keep up with it and keep just pushing and and doing what it is that you want to be doing. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I did have one last question for you, which is a bit of a fun one. Okay. I'm ready. It's something that I see pop up on a lot of women's stories in in your line of work is inbox zero tell me Mm. (laughs) tell me the (laughs) tricks around inbox zero because I imagine that doesn't mean dedicating hours in a week to culling your inbox to get it down to zero that seems painstaking to me but I'm sure there's a smarter way that you can get your emails down to at least a few, if not zero. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's my biggest thing when it comes to not just your email, but like your text messages, like anything where there is incoming information that you are responsible to respond to. I think it's important to recognize when are you going to be in the space to be able to do that? Do not sit down in front of your computer to respond to emails. If you are a morning person and you are your most creative between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. And that's when you get this burst of energy and you want to write and post blogs and create content, all these things, or create your course. Do not sit in front of your computer and respond to emails. You are zapping your creative juice. And you're also not going to be in the best headspace to sit there and actually do all those things. And I feel like that can be such a a simple shift, but can sometimes be the biggest place we can handle those things. I mean, I'm going to go back to systems because I love them, but having a system for your inbox where certain things maybe get funneled into folders. So you don't even see them. Folders are amazing. Filters are amazing. I mean, there's so many amazing things that you can do. And I've got blogs and all the things about this, if you want to talk, talk more about it, but I think it's so important to, to have those foundations set up. And then I would say just making it a habit, making it that daily habit where you're giving yourself that space when it is the right time of day, you're blocking it on your calendar, you're going in and you're just knocking it out and getting it done. And I don't know, lastly, maybe just giving yourself permission to like start over. Like I've heard from so many entrepreneurs where they're like, I have 10,000 unread emails and just delete them. Just mark them red. Like give yourself permission to have that clean slate. Cause the message from seven weeks ago that you're keeping unread because you're going to quote unquote respond. And every day you're going to quote unquote respond. Like that is putting so much pressure on yourself to feel like I have to, I have to do it. 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 Just, just mark it red just put it in the trash, just archive it, just get rid of it and start over from a clean slate. And I feel like that has so much power to it. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. That sounds very cathartic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe something that I might do. I also find myself subscribing to things in after a while, your original intent for subscribing to something has, has gone. Yeah. And for some reason you love continuing to see their emails in your inbox and you could really just hit unsubscribe to a lot of those emails too. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's not, it's not something personal, right? There is nothing wrong with unsubscribing from someone's email list. I feel like we can kind of go to this place of like guilt or shame. We're like, Oh, I don't want them to know, or I'm going to feel bad. They're going to know. But it's like, when it comes to email lists, especially like there are no vanity metrics, like you only want someone on your list who actually wants to be there. And so yeah, unsubscribe or like I've had with other clients, we've put stuff in two folders and then like on Sundays with a cup of coffee, they read all the newsletters for the week on that day. And they kind of like just sit down and spend 30 minutes going through. Like there's so many options that you could figure out what works for you, but definitely, you know, take the time to do those things. Cause it makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's right back to what we were saying earlier around the mental load, all of these things are going to make your mind a little lighter. And I know we could all do with a little bit of that in our lives and leave room to create and innovate in your business. When you've got all of this back end sorted, then you can focus on those things. And yes. a lot of people say, I don't have time to work on my business. I don't have time to create this new product or this new service because of all of this. So how about we deal with all of this? Yes. And then, and then look at your screen time and see how much time you're spending on your phone. And then, and then you'll find the time to do those things. Yeah. 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 Wow. This has been a really, really great conversation, Rachel. You've taken us in all sorts of directions. We've spoken a little bit about your journey. We've talked a little bit about mindset and, some specific tips and systems. And if anyone's interested in getting to know you better and hanging out with you online and then perhaps engaging you to work with them, how do they go about that? Yes. This has been amazing, Ruby. Thank you again so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So I I hang out on Instagram. That's, that's where I'm at. You can find me at hey.rachel. Rachel's R-A-C-H-A-E-L. You can also go to my website, heyrachel.com. I offer done for you system services and strategy, ongoing business support. I, I am there for you. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you and chat more. Yes. And I must say that Uh, like many of the women that we are connected with uh, mutually. Rachel is an incredible support and always cheerleading from the sidelines, always pitching in ideas and things on, even if it's on an Instagram post, I always really appreciate you, Rachel, popping up. It's so, so nice. You always have uh, really good things to add to the conversation as well. Really thoughtful things. So thank you for that too. Oh, thank you, Ruby. I appreciate that. Thank you.